You are listening to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we grow stronger through our failures. Please welcome back Josh and Chad as they continue our conversation from last week. Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. This is episode 85. Boom. That's a lot, dude. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't quit yet. <laughs> Unbelievable. Sticking with it. We're still partners in everything. This thing's going to get crazy. good at some point. I know. Probably... 851, we're going to be really good. 85 is going to be decent, too. Be interested in a poll. Out of 85 episodes, how many are really good? 5%, 10%, oh. 100%? That's good. It's I, mean, definitely I think not they're all great. I, mean, I listen to myself all the time. Well, there's, this is awesome. There's a couple that you did by yourself. Oh, they crushed it. <laughs> I mean, if we look at analytics, I think those – I mean, numbers tell us I should just do the show on my own. But you know what? I'm an all-inclusive kind of guy. I like having a co-host. It's good to have you here. Man, I appreciate the handout, Chad. That's very, very nice of you. Uh, so episode 85, i got to mention this. Episode 84 with Justin Rule. <laughs> I'm still laughing. I haven't recovered like, it yet. It is amazing. The guy designs websites, and he should be on a like stand-up comedy tour. I mean, he just <laughs> is that funny. It was unbelievable. He's got so much content. I got a feeling he could do like a stand-up act for like five hours. He needs his own series. It would be it would be in the floor. Podcast or Netflix or something. The guy's really funny. Y'all check out episode eighty-four with Justin <laughs> Rule. We we do a lot of. It's actually a throwback to the entrepreneur adventure because we do a lot of storytelling with Justin's story, and it's just worth it because he's so daggum funny. Uh, but we also get into why you should start. Why everybody should start their own business, side gig, side hustle, something. So check out that episode if you hadn't yet. But this is episode eighty-five, and we're going to talk about a couple things. Let's do it. I want to talk about. Bring it. And since you so graciously allowed me to stay on the show, I'm going to ask some questions. Feel free to interview me today if you want to provide a tremendous value to our listeners. I'm here to serve however you need me. <laughs> okay, that's great. All right, so I do have a question. And this was just, this is a specific question popped in my mind. So it's it's a Josh Belton as the listener question for the serial CFO. You've so had- most of my clothes come from J. Crew. Okay. So okay. If you're wanting to update your wardrobe, so let's start – is this where we're going? Just the question for me. That was you want to dress more like me. Look, so dude. you want some advice on where I buy my clothes and like what I think about when I buy them. There are plenty of people out there that would sign up for the serial CFO's hair tips. So you know what I'm saying? If you I want think to I need a serial CFO like box. Oh, serious. in a box yeah, like once a week. Not? If you it's get like shirts and shoes yeah, and no, nice no, 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 blue no, no. lemon pants. No, no, none of your freaking awesome. clothes, dude. Nobody wants to dress like an accountant. What? But if you had some scented shampoo, you know what I'm saying? If they felt like I can I got yeah, that may be there may be something there for that one. No, it's a different question. But I did have this thought. So you've had, you do you have a unique entrepreneur adventure yourself. You've been involved and engaged in a lot of different things. A ridiculous amount of failures. I mean, it's just it's innumerable. Appreciate you highlighting that. I mean, uh, how to make a man feel good. Most of the ones I've been involved in have been crazy, crazy failures. Uh, no, but you've done a lot of different things. And your entrepreneur story started out a little, a little different. You started out as an employee. You kind of worked yourself into business ownership in that business. But while you're working yourself into that one, you're like doing stuff on the side. And God only knows how many things you've been engaged in and involved in. But I've, I was thinking about this because some of your, on the earlier parts of your journey, some of the kind of the way that you would might have looked at the numbers. So for our listener who may not know, you decided to build a house at one point in time. Never built a house before. <laughs> nope. So you you bought some property, sight and unseen. Difference. We'll tell this is actually we tell the story in becoming the serial CFO <laughs> over episode something back in the day. So you can find it. Google becoming the serial CFO. You'll find these stories. But you bought a piece of land, sight unseen. You decide to build a house on this land. So you interview some some builders, and you don't like the way any of them are going to like 
you don't like what any of them say based off kind of the numbers. Some of them are like, hey, man, it's going to be about this much. Like, how do you come up with these numbers? Or, ah, whatever. Somebody's saying, what's well, 10%? Or, I mean, we're going we're gonna to charge you 10% more than it costs. You're like, well, that didn't give them an incentive to, like, keep the cost low. And eventually you decide, I'm going to build my own house, which you do. And you're like, oh, okay, now I know how to build houses. So I'll start my own construction company. I'll be like, it's just crazy. And it doesn't make any sense, but somehow you did it. <laughs> and so that's why I'm like, <laughs> what was the thought process when it, when it came to doing some of those things? And I got more specific for you. Now, I hope I'm going to ask this well. But the question for me was like, if I'm thinking back about the younger version of Chad was like, well, when Chad was doing all these things, did he already have the money set aside or saved up? Or do you have enough cash flow coming in every month to where he could finance these business decisions? Or was it like, though I got to leverage money and if the business doesn't work, I'm really going to set myself back financially? So that was kind of the question is when you're looking, and even today, when you're looking at business decisions, and maybe when you were starting out, if, it, if it's any different, are you starting businesses and making financial decisions based on what you can afford? Or are you looking at something and saying, well, if X and Y go correctly, then this makes sense and we can do it. But if X and Y don't go correctly, then this potentially could be a really bad financial decision in the end. Walk me through that, because I think for all of us, most of the people, this is what's interesting too, most people in business are not good with financial decision-making. True or false? True. Which Extremely is, true, which is why I have a career and a job and what I do in the accounting and tax field that's so successful. Yeah. As well as most business owners suck at numbers and hate math. So creative problem solvers, they see a need in the in the community, they see a need in the marketplace, they're like, oh, I can solve it, and they can solve it. But sometimes making the math, like making the decisions to scale the company, anybody can start a company. Well, and, and Look the at the numbers. I think 83% of all businesses fail in the first like two years. Yes. Because people make terrible financial decisions yeah. when they start a business or they weigh the options of starting a business. So numbers uh, really highlight exactly what you're pointing out here. And because also being good at math does not mean you can make good financial decisions. Totally different scenarios. No, absolutely. Right? So just because you can add or multiply fast doesn't mean or you're going to make just because you can make a hell of a chicken sandwich don't mean you ought to start a business around it. Yeah, that's really good. All right. So walk us through that, man. So when you're making those decisions early on, what was it? Was it like, now nah, I have the money coming from, like, I have low expenses currently. I'm making enough money. I can finance this to, the creation of this business. And if it didn't work out, it's not going to hurt me. I'm just losing money that I already had. Or was it like, nah, this thing don't work out. I'm like setting myself back dramatically financially. What was the decision-making process and how do you look at it? All right. So I'm going to start this with two things that I feel like is going to shock everybody out there listening to this podcast right now. Two things I want to share. You're wearing a wig. I think. <laughs> no, that would be shocking. Oh, but yeah. no, this is my real hair. And <laughs> contrary to what all y'all jokers think out there, including my own family, this is my real hair color. I did is not I? dye my hair. My hair is naturally, through all the stress and all the aging of where I'm at, still this color. And it does have shades of blonde in it. There's not anything to do with any frosting or dye. Do you know the number one question I got All last year? Number one question I got last year personally about the Stronger Business Summit. I'm intrigued. Is Ryan Serhant's hair color natural? Oh, they were all like, "Is it natural hair color? Is it really like?" Because it's well, like, we should ask him. He's got great hair. We have him on the podcast and ask him. He should. We should have follow up episodes with Ryan. We should do that. Well, I'm like, hey, I, don't I know. got one question I forgot to ask you on stage. We need to get you come on the podcast. Yeah, it's so, pivotal. Right, people we'll need to out. know this. All right. So the two things that I think will shock most people out there. Number one, 
I am extremely risk averse. Okay. So many people equate business or entrepreneur or starting a business or buying a piece of real estate or doing all the things I do as taking risk or big leaps of faith around risk. But I am extremely risk averse. And one of the first things that most people are surprised by is I, I want to take almost zero risk in my life. I love the challenge of business. I love the growth side of doing different things, but I don't want to do it at the sake of taking any risk for me, my family, financially, my reputation. So number one, I'm extremely risk averse. Number two, 22 years ago, I graduated college and got a job as a W-2 employee. I have that same job in W-2 today. I have been an employee for a business with a steady paycheck, direct deposit every two weeks for 22 years. So all the entrepreneur side, all the other things I do are outside of my day job and what I'm paid for as an employee of a business. And I think that shocks most people because they they associate a lot of things I do on the business side, starting businesses, the failures, all those things with the risk. And they associate to be an entrepreneur. You can't be an employee. Certainly, mm-hmm. stronger business, Chad. Chad that's done all these different things isn't an employee anywhere. I, I got the same freaking job I had 22 years ago, and I've had it ever since. And we'll probably keep it forever. So from my side, when I look at these things, the first thing to know is – I do enough calculations and approach up front to make sure, number one, I can afford what I'm trying to do or afford my bills and what I had to pay for every month from my job as a W-2 employee. And number two, the amount of due diligence and financial uh, leverage I need in order to go into something. And I do that in just really... I mean, there's really one secret to what I do, and it is my guide and my compass for every single thing I go into. And and for some people, this is going to be harder for you because you're not naturally probably a numbers person for most of you out there. I am. I'm blessed that numbers are my thing. I navigate towards them. I love them. I will stay up at night running a spreadsheet because it just makes me freaking happy. My wife sent me a text yesterday. We have an Airbnb in Charleston, and it's starting to book up. We're getting a lot of emails book up. My wife built a spreadsheet yesterday on the amount of like bookings we've had this year and upcoming bookings. And it's like got the units and the amounts and how much fees are coming out. And she's like, does this turn you on? Because <laughs> it's so not her personality. So that's how much I'm into spreadsheets and things. So oh, for, that's so funny. She got you an office or Microsoft Office subscription for your uh, oh my God. Valentine's like my, Day. my dream, like birthday <laughs> present. Um but seriously, what I'm about to tell you is a trick I use, and it's going to be a little harder for some of you, but it's, it's anybody can do this and anybody can use this in any aspect of decision-making, whether it's going into business, starting a side gig, buying a piece of real estate, buying a vehicle, whatever it may be. What I do is I lay out the financial scenario of what I'm about to do over one year, three year, and a five year period. And one year, I can get dialed in really, really good. Three years, it gets a little more sketchy. Five years, it's more speculation. But what I do that's different than most anybody else out there that I've seen approach business or real estate is I build what I think is going to happen. I build a best case, and I build a worst case scenario. And before I sign up to do something 
on the financial side of looking at those projections and that aspect of time, money, risk, reputation, investment. I look at all those components, and if I am personally okay with worst case, what I think is going to happen, and best case scenario, I move forward, no questions asked. Okay. That's all I care about. And so I will pull the trigger really fast once I've defined those lanes out. And I think most people go into business, they go into things on, well, this is what should happen, or this is what I think is going to happen, or this is what's going to happen if I can sell 100 chicken sandwiches a day. I lay out, this is what I think is going to happen or I can make happen. This is worst case scenario. Okay, this so you is, asked that question. Is, I, mean, I think I'm going to sell 15 chicken sandwiches yeah. a day to start. Maybe six months down the road, I'm selling 50 a day. You also have a worst case scenario. You're like, worst case scenario, I don't sell any a day. Yeah, I go the first week, I sell no chicken sandwiches. Yeah, and in best Week cases, two, I got to give away 25 chicken sandwiches okay. to, to try to sell 10 chicken sandwiches. And you're building some type of a financial cost analysis. That's right. And then all of a sudden, in, year, in, in month three, year, at the end of year one, I got to shut this thing down. What does that look like? like how detrimental is that? To me personally, reputation, financially, you know, am I willing to, and and that's where the term risk comes in. I take the risk out of it because I know the scenarios and I know what will happen. If I know, and it, it this may be such an awesome opportunity, if this doesn't work in year three, I got to sell my house and I'm okay with that. Okay. Then so, so that's not a scenarios. risk for me. I know what that is and I'm okay with okay. it. Yeah. So it is a a priority or a leverage at that point. Not, I'm not risking I got to sell 50 chicken sandwiches without losing my house. I already know what I think is going to happen, best case and worst case. And, and the best case is interesting because you got to know best case, if this thing grows like it can in a best case scenario, can I keep up with it? Do I have the time for it? Can I, I learned in the construction industry, can I afford to fund it? Yeah. Best case scenario means I'm doing $3 million in year two. That means I got to have a, a million dollars worth of capital to keep that thing floating. Am I okay with that? Do I want that stress of that best case scenario? So all that stuff comes into play for me when I'm making a decision on the business side. And if I can do that for me, I know I'm willing to prioritize or leverage, not take a risk. And sometimes I'm willing to do that. And if I am, I pull the trigger immediately. I don't think I don't give it another thought. I roll because I'm good with all of it. And I know what I'm getting into at that point from a at least a financial and a time aspect of of what I'm doing. And so that's been a key piece for me that I've always been a part of from the start. I know you and I have done some things together. We've had some successes and some failures. But in our failures, I was able to know what our exposure was and what we were leveraging. And the worst case scenario wasn't that bad or wasn't that that bad of of a losing situation for us. And then the one thing Justin highlights, which never, ever, ever go into business with this mindset, uh, it's hard enough even when you're making money and it's hard enough to, to win and succeed and not just make a mess of your life and your finances uh, in general. But knowing even when we fail, we learn so much. Like it really sets us up to leverage like the next business opportunity or the next thing we do. Or what we learned here, I can apply to other businesses I own, even though this one's a failure. And so that's the other piece of it is even when we fail, 
we still win in the fact of knowledge and confidence and experience and things there. So Man, I don't know if that was a long-winded no, answer great. to your question or if that made sense. Well, wait, wait, you said a couple things here ultimately that I think is – Oh, I got some more stuff. Diving. Go, 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 okay. and I'll back you up a little so, bit. <laughs> thank, thank you. I try. You know. It's kind of like right now. Are you now hosting this thing or am I hosting I'm this definitely thing? hosting. Yeah, I but forgot. I'm being interviewed. Sorry. You, I'll let you ask the question. I don't know if you know this or not. I just know where to go maybe better than you do. I don't You're just maybe. controlling. I am a little controlling. Yeah, ask, your, ask Lauren and then go ask your counselor. If you don't have one, I can refer you. I can tell you Lauren's answer right now. What will it be? Well, I'll just tell her what the answer Okay, is. I figured that. You probably had a tight grip on it. Um, <clears throat> anyway. She got a spreadsheet for it, You know the numbers. And I think what happens a lot of times is that people are intimidated by numbers. And so they don't do the financial projections, number one. Or if they do the financial projections, they're just totally dishonest. Because right? we're so emotional when it comes yeah, it's to it's all rainbows business, right? and butterflies. Yeah, all. yeah. yeah like I'm going to meet this key person. I'm going to land the deal with Walmart. And it, it's funny because I'm like Shark Tank. They're always saying that. They're like, oh, I got I to interview the big box retailer. Like, well, who is it? And this and that. And, you know, sometimes they're like, no, we got it locked up. But most of the time it's like. Well, they're interested. Do you have a PO? Well, I saw that they yeah. opened my email. You know, it's <laughs> stupid crap like that. No, but I think yeah. looking at from the standpoint, um, the one, three, five year and projections, and then also in the from in three different ways. So, well, best case scenario, this is what it might look like. And again, it gets fuzzy at five years. It's probably a lot clearer at one. Uh, here's what I believe is likely, and here's the worst case scenario. And I think that you got to be willing in that worst case scenario. In my opinion, is really what you got to say. Like, do I have what it takes to pay the price for the worst case scenario? Should it come true? Yes. And if that, you know, and in how long? Like, so because there's also there's always going to be these little trap doors that you can like bail out of. So you got to know like, well, if it's worst case scenario for six months, I got to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example for me. Because things change, too. I recently just pulled the plug on a business. But I was honestly, like, concerned with the numbers and concerned. I was just emotional about it, to be honest with you. I didn't want to do it anymore. And, like, I just lied to myself for long enough to where I was keeping doing You know this, how this goes. You've done the same thing where you're like, you just keep something's open because it's just open. You feel like, ah, I'm making money or this and that. I don't want to shut it down. So um, I'm like, God, it's going to cost me this much money to freaking shut this thing down. Yeah. So I just kept it rolling. Well, in the end, it cost me a fraction of what I thought it would cost me to shut it down. When the end, it's like, <laughs> I got to pull the plug. And it cost me literally, that's <laughs> so stupid. It cost me less than 15% of what I thought it was going to cost no me. No way. Down. Yeah. So you build up like such a big hurdle. For in your like mind. nine months or a year, <laughs> I roll with this thing, thinking it's going to cost me this much. Now, here's the stupider part of it. <laughs> stupider is a word, by the way. It cost me more to keep it open. Right, it didn't cost me as much as I thought it was, but like so, I you know it cost me fifteen percent to shut it down. What I thought it was going to cost me, but I I wasted probably you know another twenty five percent of what I thought it was going to keep it open for something I didn't want to keep open. So it's just a stupid decision because I was emotional about it because I didn't really plot off the numbers and look at those things and say you know I didn't make a good financial decision because I was too emotional about it and I didn't really want to look at the numbers. So it was easier. To yeah, you want it was easier to like I don't want to think about it. I don't want to look yeah. at it. I don't want to hope and I want to. Yeah, I want to. It's going to get better. It's, yeah, and we and all it, struggle with that in different ways. Man, that type of self sabotage that goes it, into that. It's stuff. so much self sabotage, and also too, I think. Yeah, I see this so often with business owners and entrepreneurs. Like they just think something good is going to happen or it's going to get better or it's going to fix itself. And it's not. It's No, no they just they it's don't not, want to look at it. Nothing is going to change. It's going to suck a year from now. It's going to cost you more money two years from now. Yes. It sucks. Shut it freaking yeah. down. It's, I, you mentioned Shark Tank earlier. Like, Kevin O'Leary is the best. Take it behind the barn and freaking shoot it. <laughs> Stop putting money into this thing. I forbid you to put another dollar in. And that that's the place where – 
I don't know if this is through experience of being an entrepreneur. I don't know if I'm just internally don't have a whole lot of emotion and I'm a pretty dry, cold person, but I'll cut things off. Like I'll shut things down. Well, so I want to say that I'll put a thousand hours and $50,000 in something. I might shut it down tomorrow, throw it away. It's done. And I'll cut, I cut the cord really quick and I move really fast. So there's three things I want to mention about this. Cause one of them is a big difference between you and me. And it works to my benefit sometimes, and it works to your benefit sometimes. <laughs> it really is interesting. How it, works. it makes us really good business partners. <laughs> so the thing that's different between us is like I am a, like from a strengths finder perspective. So we've both taken the mm-hmm. strengths finder test. I am really high in ideation, coming up with ideas for things. That's not something that you're super high in. But the thing that so that what's interesting about it is like I'm always crafting a better way to do something. So if I come up with a business idea, I will like tinker with it to death because I'm because I come up with more ideas than I could possibly execute. So I'm always like tinkering with something. You sit down and you draw something out and it may not be the best idea. I draw right? those three scenarios. You draw the right scenarios. In and I'm like, yay or nay. So the speed of implementation piece for you, you will execute an idea that's not the best idea, but you'll execute it. But you probably come up with something better. But you're like, no, nah, is it is it match up on these things? I think it would work. Yep, and you'll execute. And it works to your benefit more than it works against you, right? And so, but it's interesting seeing those things because I even with some of our business partnerships, some of them we went into, and I'm like, we could have gone into them that way better. <laughs> but you were so quick to execute, and we went in, and we were fine. You know, we either made money or we sold it and didn't lose anything. But it's just we win more based off of your speed of implementation, and you win big based off your speed of implementation. And the second thing is you just mentioned it. So the first thing is like, this is one of your superpowers is that you will make that you make decisions. You're like, I'm going to make it. I got a decision making process. Let me run the numbers. Let me run the process. And then yay or nay, you don't get hung up on something for six months. It's a go or it's not. Yeah. And I do. Cause I'm never think about it again. If it's a no, I'm trying to get it from 80 to 85 and you're like, it's 80. I'm rolling. And so speed of implementation, but the second part of that too, and you said maybe you're just cold or something like that. Right now I'm picturing you as Ivan Drago in Rocky Four. You know, if he dies, he dies. Um, that's not his voice either. But you you are able to shut it off. You don't take the losses too personally. Like yeah. you'll shut something down and you can move on from it. And I think that's part of your superpower. Well, I, I think you call it a superpower, and I appreciate that. I'll, I mean, I'll wear this cape all day long. <laughs> but – it's not because I've already laid out that worst case scenario. I've already visualized it. I've pictured it. I know what it looks like. I know my decision right there. So it's not hard for me to do it, or it's not a shock or a surprise or this huge disappointment. I'm like, eh, yeah, I laid that out on paper. I've I done a really good job knowing the worst case scenario. So yeah. let's cut this thing. I don't want it to get any worse. Well, what I because, see. Because at year one, if it's my worst case scenario, I already know what that joker's going to like at year three and year five, and I don't want any freaking part of that. So cut this thing, shut it down, shoot it, don't put another dollar into it. Well, the thing I think, again, this goes into what I I think your giftedness lies. And, again, this could be a great thing sometimes. Most of our strengths and our abilities, like, they're great in certain scenarios and they're not great in certain scenarios. But for this particular thing, it's it's a big reason why you win is you don't take the losses too personally. A lot of entrepreneurs, they fail at something, and then they're like, I'm a failure. At Justin Rule's episode, episode 84, he talked about like that max out moment was, hey, you're not defined by what it is that you do, right? Like, let who you are, like, live out in everything that you do, but don't let what you do determine, like, who you are and how you feel about yourself. And you really do a great job of this. If you got to shut something down, you do. You take it behind the barn and you shoot it, and you're like, no, I had to shoot it. You know, it's not, it's not a reflection of who I am as a person. It just didn't work out. I think one of the biggest tips I could I could share that to help people be okay with those failures and not take it personal 
surround yourself with more entrepreneurial content. Mm. And that's us. That's what we're here for. We're here to share stories with you from episodes with other entrepreneurs to get on stage uh, or get in a room with people on stage and hear them talk about their If you listen to every speaker at Stronger Business Summit, if you listen to every guest we have on Entrepreneur Mentor, if you listen to the two of us, everybody has failure stories. Nobody said, hey, at 18, I started this, and in year three, it was super easy, and I made $3 million, and I bought yachts, and I never lost any money, and it was golden, and I sold off in the sunset. That is not the entrepreneur story. That doesn't happen. You lose time and time again. Sometimes in the beginning, sometimes you make a pile of freaking money and blow it all in mm-hmm. your 40s. Like There is stories over and over through the content we're sharing and being around other entrepreneurs, other podcasts, reading people's stories, reading magazines about these business journeys. They all have failures as part of their story and what got them to where they're at. And you know who the people you're not reading about? The people that had those failures and went back to their nine to five. Yeah. Or the people that had those failures and went back to live in their mom's basement or went back and took the job at the university or whatever it may be. Like failures are part of what we do as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as a life. You're gonna fail at life. You're gonna I don't have kids, but you're gonna suck at being a dad sometimes. Yeah. You're gonna really do something stupid in your relationship with your spouse. I mean, it's just failures are part of life. That's how we learn, that's how we reflect. And it's the same thing with business. Now, failures get a little more embarrassing because they're public, or failures get a little more expensive because you got a ton of money in it. But it's all just part of it. And I think if you can understand going into this, my mindset is if I can win 80% of the time, I will be hugely successful in whatever I do. Going into any type of business venture, any type of management situation, anything I do, I place an 80% expectation of success on it. So I know going in, if this involves 100 different things, 20 of them are going to fail out. Yeah. But, boy, if I can hit 80, that's a win. Yeah, but most people get hung up. Even Let's say even those numbers. Let's say that they know that they're so afraid of the 20% they're going to fail at that they avoid the 80%. They avoid all of it, so they miss out on the 80%. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to do that. And, again, I th- I, I'm saying superpower. And I, when I'm saying that too, man, I want to make sure I'm pointing out you, maybe you're just wired like that from the beginning. I don't know. But I think most, even if you were to, to a certain degree, that's something that you crafted, you developed, and oh, you strengthened developed, over time, for right? For sure. Yeah, so like, you know, giving credit where credit is due, this is not like where you just got some badge of honor. It's like, no, no, this is a merit badge that you earned over time. You developed that skill. It's And you developed it by risking. I know you said you're risk adverse. You developed it by putting yourself at risk. Now, again, you felt like you had a quantified, like, I know what risk I'm taking, but you still have to place yourself under that risk. If it's 80-20, it's 80-20. I'm giving myself a 20% chance to fail. And a lot of people are unwilling to do that. So I do the concept, you know, people that know me or know my story will be familiar with the the 12-2 idea and brand. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea, and you say this about being, hey, you got to stay around other entrepreneurs, people that, that suffer failure and come back from it, is that, you know, two out of 10, or excuse me, two out of 12 people are the ones that you got to hang out with. You got to avoid the other 10 because they are the people that go back to the basement. They are the people that go back to the They job. say you're crazy for even going outside of the Yeah, going hey out man, the door. it's unsafe yeah. to risk this thing, right? Like, you know, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's like, no, you're, there's going to be a smaller amount of people that, you know, hey, if you're an entrepreneur, like five out of six people ain't going to be your type of people. They're going to be like, yeah. that guy's they're taking a risk. They're risk adverse, like to the point they won't take the risk. And so you got to find your group of people. We've talked about this several times um, with, 
Vincent Biglisi, Total Life Freedom, the community we're in there, because that's the whole reason, right? It's like we're finding a way to surround ourselves with other entrepreneurs that celebrate the failures because we understand. I heard this said by a mentor one time. I loved it. It helped me so much. He said that failure is the fertilizer that fuels your future growth. He's like, celebrate failure, man. Like you need some daggum. You got I mean, craps fertilizer, bro. Like failure is a good thing. You're fertilizing your future growth when you fail. And you said it earlier. It's like, oh man, failure, you learn from it. It's like, it's not like it's this big, bad thing to avoid. It's like, no, nah, it's a lesson, dude. So, and it builds a resolve. It builds your strength up. It makes you stronger. The person out there that's trying to get stronger, but they're trying to avoid failure is going to stay weak their entire life. Their business is going to suck because they ain't ever going to start it. You know, or they're, they're never going to have a client. They're going to have the most beautiful business system. Hey, Chad, I got my 27-year business plan all drawn out. Hey, you got any <laughs> yeah. clients? Nah, man. I'm just, there's a couple tweaks to the website I need to make, right? I mean, yeah. you've, you've seen Absolutely. this Absolutely, over and over and over. And, and I'll say, like, man, it, it's interesting because so many people get so hung up with, kind of like Justin talked about in the last episode of the business defining who they are and anything that struggles in the business or is a failure in the business, it reflects on them personally. And it's, it's just not the case. You've got to know going in, you're going to fail, you're going to have struggles and you're going to be okay with that. And again, you call it risk. I just call it, you know, I've defined out what I'm willing to be okay with. And I've also defined out if it gets below a certain threshold, if it's, if it's 50% of the, uh, success or failure, I, I cut the cord, I'm out. So for me, it's just defining what that, what that looks like and, and really trying to not get so personally involved in it that it's who I am as a person and who I am as successes and failures are defining my life. Cause it's, it's really not how many times, not how many times you get knocked down. It's, you know, how many times are you willing to get back up and keep climbing? Because yeah. as we talk about back in our entrepreneur adventure days, climbing the different peaks and going through the valleys and summits like you slide back down or you stop and you take a rest or you go backwards to acclimate more then climb higher the next day like it's a constant up and down and you've got to be okay with that if you're not okay with that this isn't cut out for you like you shouldn't do this now let me take you back to the beginning of this thing where we talked about what i'm willing to financially like risk or what i what is my capacity for laying it all out there one of the things that was big for me from the start i wanted to be again i was an employee i'm still an employee but i had the desire i wanted to create opportunity and change in an unlimited capacity for success so being an entrepreneur and a business owner was the number one priority for me that means i didn't want to look like a business owner i didn't want to look like an entrepreneur I wanted to be one. So when you look at through my first probably five to 10 startups or my first five to seven years in business, my housing cost was $260 a month. It cost me $3,000 a year to live. (laughs) I lived in a trailer on North Avenue for five or six years during my business journey. I was an employee. I was making good money. I had business. I owned four rental houses. I was still living in a trailer. And that gave me the ability where I didn't feel the pull to look like a business owner entrepreneur. I wanted to be one and I wanted to build something big. I wanted to have assets I could leverage to do these things. And so for me, I knew, okay, I need, I remember the number, I need $26,000 to live. 
Once tax, I need that. Once taxes come out, once all my other stuff's done, that's what I need, $26,000. Anything over that, there's no risk. I'll leverage everything okay. I make over that. If I make a $10,000 bonus or if I do something or I sell a property and I got an extra 20 grand or I buy and sell a car, I was doing all sorts of stuff. I'll buy and sell a car and make three grand. That is extra money I can leverage into a startup or a rental property or something else. And if I lose it, you know what? I am never going to sacrifice my $26,000 I need to live because I got to live and I like to go to the bar and drink. and I like to drive a nice vehicle and all these different things I'm not willing to leverage. Um, and so I defined that out and I knew, okay, I'm not attached to money. Money's just a tool that I'm going to use to build the life I want. Ooh, that's good. And unless I'm putting those tools to work, they're not going to be very valuable to me. So any extra money I have, I'm going to leverage that with my time and knowledge to continue to build things bigger and better. And it's the same way now. I lived in that trailer until I could afford to build a house. I built that house 13 years ago. Laura and I still live in that house. We've made way more money and way more businesses and have way other things. But I still like living in that same house in that same place and doing the same things that we were doing 13 years ago because I know my cost of living. And I know everything else I can leverage to build and do awesome things through business and entrepreneurship and real estate investments. And that's just the way I lay things out. And for me, that provides way more excitement and challenge and fulfillment than spending it all on looking like a business owner or looking like an entrepreneur or trying to look or have things a certain way. Like I'd, I'd rather have a really awesome business than some really awesome 2021 Mercedes or something. Yeah. You're playing the long game, man. You're playing the win from the, from, from the very start. You played it that way unattached to what people were, that's what people were thinking of you, right? You're more committed toward your idea of success than you were of if other people thought that you were successful in those moments yeah, of time. I kind of, I mean, for me, it comes down to, and I, I mean, I'm still working on this, but I want to be smart. I don't want to just like look smart. Or, That's good. Uh, you don't look real smart. I want to like be smart. I think you're pretty smart. Yeah, I try. Now your wardrobe. Yeah, it's my wife sometimes. She Obviously you're not spending but... money on your wardrobe. <laughs> and now for me, I mean, you don't know how much it costs to invest in all these Adidas. True story. I'm not making this up. I am getting emails right now from tax clients asking fashion advice. No lie. I'll show you the email. I got one last week. All right. We're going to see this. We're going to put this on the Stronger Business Instagram profile because I don't believe it. I don't <laughs> so know if I answered your question. You I don't did know if I was able to, I rambled. I went all over the place. No, you're um, a controlling I'm, freak. So you like know, answered some of your own questions. I know probably. what works for me and I know what I use to make those decisions and mentally how I approach it from what I want versus not there's anything wrong with all sorts of other avenues or the way other people like approach business or spend money or build their lifestyle. That's just what works for me and for, for us as a family and what I've used to lay out the decisions we make. I, I mean, here's a perfect example. I'm controlling the conversation again. I know. Go I'm just for naturally it, man. Go a host. Ahead. I try. I try to sit over and be quiet. It just doesn't work. Um, I had zero desire to own another business or anything in Athens, Georgia. And about three weeks ago, something fell into my lap. And I'm like, this is interesting. Let me run these three scenarios. And I ran those three scenarios. And I was almost pissed off 
it lined up and worked and I was okay with all three scenarios. And there's just little to no leverage or risk. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so now like I'm in this adventure now that's this whole new gig and whole new deal and something I never intended to be in and never like intended to do. But it's really awesome. I'm really excited about it. And it really lined up for these scenarios. So even when I'm not trying to do something, if something lines up, I still do it. Yeah. Ladies Which, fashion, right? It's a... <laughs> It better be in the beauty industry. I've, we, we had a conversation a few weeks ago about salons and that being like with Parker Nash. I'm like, hey, it's, if you get focused on the salon business, that's probably what it is. You probably own a, a hair we'll salon see. now. People walk in, to you'll be, be speaking in a, at a future date. You'll be speaking in a European accent, doing people's hair before too long. I do your hair and your taxes all at once. A little Hazelhurst adaption too. Uh, hey man, I'll tell you this: you answered my question. So good job. I appreciate it. But. That. You went above and beyond. I to try serve to be people. a good guest. That's yeah. our that's our Athens Clinic Company mission statement. You don't ever do anything in that business, so you probably don't know that. But you went above <laughs> and beyond to serve our audience today, chat, because not only did you answer the question with very, I mean, good. This is a good program you got. It's it's specific. There's guidelines. People can implement this. But the above and beyond piece is that you gave us a lot of the the philosophy behind it, the why, some of the mindset that goes into it, which is what truly people need. Because the tactics of this is what you can do don't mean anything. If the emotional piece of like, look, this is the perspective you got to have. This is almost the worldview you got to have, the mentality you got to have. If this lines up, then this type of system you can execute and execute well. But if you're super concerned with how people that don't even like you think about you tomorrow based on what you drive or what you look, this crap ain't going to work for you. You don't need to do this. I yeah. agree. So I appreciate you giving some insight, uh, just taking control and just whatever the conversation, wherever you wanted to take it, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you, led, you led well on this one. I, I'll give you some kudos. Now you did a good job. And I think it helps uh, It helps the listener get stronger. I mean, honestly, as far as in uh, as an entrepreneur or in developing and building your business, because business decisions need to be made this way. And so as you're growing your company, this is the type of mentality or perspective you got to look at to make good quality decisions that lead to a stronger business. So let's, let's turn it around. Let's talk about your side for a second. Yeah. How do you look at whether you're going to go into something new or partner on something new or go into a new line of business or start a new branch of something you're already working on what how, how are you making those decisions and what i got a feeling what you use to filter out uh, yeses and nos for you is completely different than my side it is now and so i mean i think that um i'm actually people wouldn't probably understand this about me i'm a numbers person yeah and i don't I like agree. to manage numbers on the consistent basis but like i can draw up a mean spreadsheet and i'm uh i, I do numbers numbers work they work for me but I think at this point in life, it's a little different. Um, I used to be, I used to be so caught up, Chad, with what, like, with the image, with the success aspect of, like, I did not want to be identified with the cleaning company. Yeah, right. Okay. Because yeah. I cared more about, like, what I did was important to me. I didn't want that. Like, I was always trying to figure out ways to do something different and not be that guy. And so I think the ways I made decisions in the past were way too emotional on things, um, and more so probably on ego on what people thought, you know, things of that nature. And they're still driven by my emotions, my decision-making, but it's different. I do obviously look at the numbers and that's why our business has grown. Again, we talked about this a few episodes ago, like I'll pitch numbers to you and like, you know, I, always, I never come to you blindly and say, hey, can no. we, you know, should we do this? There's always a, a numerical aspect to like, this is why yeah. we should do it and what I believe would be true. But the, um, I still lead with emotion. I really do. I lead, I say with I lead with the gut from the decisions I make, but now the things that are important to me are more, they're in the right priority. So a lot of the decision-making I'm doing these days has way more to do with my time. 
Like, is this going to take my time? Yeah, or you're not? way better at that than I am. Well, it's because I got three kids, so my time is no longer my time. My time is their time. So, I'm, you know, if I'm gone for a day, I'm not just you know, Josh Melton was in Kentucky today. It's like, no, Josh Melton was in Kentucky today, and his kids didn't have a dad for today, as far as in present. And so, it all that all colors all the things for me personally. Is like, is is this decision making or is this business decision lining up to who I want to be as a husband who want to be as a dad all those things right so it's not always about like even the way you look at things from the standpoint there's like a family aspect that's always drawn into me the great thing with you guys is like lauren is incorporated in so many of the things that you do like you guys are entrepreneurs together and me and kim are are two but i'm like more particular about my time these days than anything else and so it's always like how much is this going to require me personally and honestly the things i have to do it's like it's going to take a ton of grunt work and effort and like you have to get a ton of time into it i'm like don't even care what the numbers look like. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. The, the time is invaluable to me because that time is time away from my kids, you know, and I'm like, unless they can be engaged and involved with it. So still leading with the gut. I do look at the numbers and making a business decision. Most of my stuff is more so honing in versus adding something. So you're talking about like, oh, this like do business venture. It added up. I'm like, I almost threw up when you're talking about it, <laughs> you know? See, I do the same thing. I just look at like my money as my kids. <laughs> I name my kids. This one's name is Benjamin. This is George. This is Abraham. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, no, it is different though. And I think with a cool thing, man, as we're wrapping this episode up, is that for anybody that's making a decision because they want to develop, they want to have a stronger business, it's, it's business. So numbers matter. Like you're not doing it to not make any money. You got to make money and you should always have an element of doing the numbers work and what do the numbers look like amplified. Again, if you're looking at one, three, five years projections, if you're looking at, well, it could be this on the good side, it could be this on the bad side, and reality's probably somewhere in the middle. Look at those things. Those are super important, and that's a metric for decision-making uh, for that all of us should definitely use that we can take away. But on the other side of it is, too, is like, what is it that you hope for in your life? What's your vision? I see so many entrepreneurs, they get so tied up in, like, they are their business. It's like, no, the business, you said it, dude. You said, quote, unquote, I'm not attached to money. Money is a tool. Put the tool to work. Well, freaking your business is the same daggum thing. Absolutely. You're not like, yes. don't be you're attached not your, to your yeah, business. That's right. You're not your business. Even it's though you created it, it's your little baby, right? It's a tool right? to build the life you your want. business is a tool. Put the business to work to build the life that you want. Not for your life to build the business that the business wants. Like, nope, build it for your benefit. I want to be a dad that's got time for my kids. I coach freaking sports. I don't even, I never even played, man. I'm just like, I spend so much time at the field. They should start paying me to be out there. Uh, smart way to do this. Hopefully. So I'm some point in time, somebody's going to pay me some daggone money, man. I'm worst case scenario is it never happens. But best is that I'm on the cover of sports illustrated. So we're just going to roll with it. It's going to work so, out my favor. So here's what I want to do. I want to do something really awesome for our listeners. I think this has a tremendous amount of value. I could be biased, if you're out there, you're listening to this episode, and you're thinking about starting a business, email us what you're looking like from a business plan, from these scenarios we've laid out, time commitments, best and worst case, and expected scenario. Send it to Chad at Stronger Business, Josh at Stronger Business. I'll evaluate it from a money side and a risk standpoint. You evaluate it from a time side. We'll give you our feedback. We'll give you our opinions of experience of what we've done in the past and help evaluate this decision with you. Just just for take it for what it's worth, give your opinion of should you move forward with this business venture. I mean, I literally just said that I'm super guarded with my time. <laughs> and here you are signing me up for all these free time investments. 
Worst case scenario is that Send them on, this people. partnership splits up. Uh, I was going to say, actually, I was going to say, hey, if you want your email responded to, you better make sure it's sent to Chad at strongerbusiness.com. I'll tell you respond. what, don't copy Josh. Just send it to Chad <laughs> at Stronger Business. I'll ask Josh over lunch or something. You got a chance. You send me Marco Polo. I'll get you an answer uh, yeah. back. Oh, my God. Marco Polo. Jeez, don't even get me started. Oh, you've listened to episode 85 of the Stronger Business Podcast. Chad, I'll give you, I'll give you a max out moment. You want a Chad's takeaway? We name everything after you these days. Chad's challenges. Is, we're, we're doing that from now on, by the way. Sounds good, doesn't it? Chad's challenges. I won't I mean, charge any royalties right now. First three letters are the same. It's amazing. No, I mean, you get the final word. All right. So max out moment is make sure you're looking at the scenarios of whatever you prioritize in your life. I think for both of us, that's the common theme here, the max out moment. If we're looking at a new adventure, if we're looking at an investment, if we're looking at a business, I'm looking at it from my leverage and money aspect of it. You're looking at it from your time aspect. That's what's important to you. I know what's important to me. We're evaluating every situation, looking at it through those lenses of what's a priority, what's important to us. And we know, hey, we're only willing to go so far in debt or leverage with what we find is a priority or what we feel is important. And you've got to do that. You don't just go into business because you're really good at making chicken sandwiches or because you think this is a really good idea if you could connect this, this, and this, or you could get this person to be a spokesperson or you can get this many Instagram followers, whatever it is, that's not enough. And you've got to look at it under those scenarios to make those decisions. And with that, I'll leave it with you, my man. Hey, man, if you're still listening to this right now, you're either getting tremendous value from this episode or you're like on the treadmill. You just can't get your hands up to change it. I I don't know how to turn this on. But regardless, I'll give you one. I'll ask for something. If we give you some value, hey, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Sign up for the newsletter on StrongerBusiness.com and like and follow us, whatever it is these days, on Instagram. That's our primary thing. Instagram Instagram these days. Instagram backslash Stronger Business. Until next time, guys, grow stronger. If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, then leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online at strongerbusiness.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and have a great 2022.